Welcome to the Stewardship Project. I'm Andrew Mitchell. I'm Sean Salitro. If you've ever been challenged with the idea that stewardship goes beyond finances and time, then you're in the right place. And we will be your guides. We started our marriage series by looking at the fun side. Now we're switching gears to talk about the not so fun side. On this week's episode, we connect with Greg Smalley to further our marriage conversation. Our conversation focuses on the perpetual conflict that we experience in our marriages and what we can do to better handle those times. Listen in to see if there is any overlap between joy and conflict. All right. Well, today we've got Greg Smalley joining us and so excited to have you here, Greg. And thanks for just taking the time to join us. I'd love to just spend a little bit of time getting to know you and kind of how you've ended up in this kind of marriage space where you're talking to people about their marriages and giving wise counsel and yeah, just hear a little bit about you. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I grew up in the home of a guy named Gary Smalley. So he was one of the original kind of marriage experts, marriage gurus, did a lot of writing, created videos, and and spoke kind of all over the world on marriage. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of my my growing up years. I got to see what he was doing. Never quite knew exactly what he would do, but people, you know, if we went to, you know, at, at the tail end of one of his events or something, people would come up and give me a big hug, you know, which I don't like to touch anyway. So I was like, why are you fucking me? And they would say, you know, hey, your dad saved our marriage. Thank you for sharing him. And so I knew he was doing something cool. I wasn't quite totally sure what was going on. And in all through college, I wanted to become a lawyer. So I was hmm. headed to law school. Um, the one, the school I really wanted to go to, I didn't get in. So just a, good, a mentor of mine said, well, sit out a year, do some graduate work and then reapply. And I was like, all right. So I ended up in a, in a counseling program and just fell in love with it and hmm. never looked back and went on to get a doctorate. And it was always my dream to kind of come alongside what my dad was doing, kind of big events and a lot of content and just help couples that were struggling who were like, yeah. hey, I love your material but I just I need more and started kind of with a, another gentleman named Bob Paul we started doing these four-day marriage intensives and and that's kind of how I cut my teeth on just mm-hmm. learning how to help couples I think now the program's called Hope Restored and I think we've seen about not obviously me personally but 11,000 couples have gone through about an 80 wow. success rate and so about 20 years of doing that. So learned a lot and, and, and then, you know, I've been married 31 years and have four kids and my wife and I struggled mightily in our first few years of marriage to where we didn't think we were going to make it, thought we were going to be a statistic and got help and had some mentors step in. And so I, I think for us professionally, this is what I do, but also personally, just knowing, you know, just having had really hard seasons and and yet here we are she's my best friend and in 31 years later four kids so i'm still waiting for that first grandbaby so hopefully one of my married children will hear this and just really (laughs) step it up 
<laughs> no guarantees there. But um, so I guess on that note, um, we've talked to other uh, couples and individuals about marriage throughout our podcast a little bit and yeah. just kind of learn some of the things that um, they've used based on their knowledge and their experience in order to steward their marriage as well. Um, but you kind of touched on this a little bit based on your first few years of marriages and the others that you've counseled or worked with. Um, you focus kind of on the concept of conflict and fighting well in marriage, but why do you feel that this is something that's so crucial uh, to learn to do well when you're stewarding a marriage? Yeah. Well, there's a great there's a great verse in the Bible that says, for those of you who get married, you will experience hard times. So we're, we're all mm-hmm. going to face challenges in our marriage. We're going to face conflict. It's not if it's it's just it's a part of it's part of the journey. I I. But one of my pet peeves in life is I hear people talk about marriage and, you know, you'll hear this, oh, it's so much work. And, <laughs> you know, in, in it is work, but marriage is this amazing journey. I, you know, I live here in Colorado, so I live in Colorado Springs. So, right, we, we sit and stare every day at, at this huge 14,000-foot mountain called Pikes Peak. And to me, we, we've climbed a lot of these 14,000-foot peaks and, and that's, I think that's the best way to look at marriage. Marriage is truly the greatest journey that we'll ever be on. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when we go out and hike or we go climb a mountain, you know, there there's moments that we're having the best conversation. We're laughing, we're singing, we're playing, we're hiking next to a beautiful stream. And then there's other moments that, that we feel like we're in a valley and we're struggling mm-hmm. and we're worn out and we're on each other's nerves. And, and yet... Marriage is this this beautiful adventure, this this grand journey, and it's going to have the highs and the lows. It's going to have the good times and the hard times, and it, it's all a part of it. And that's why I love, and 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 therefore I want to get good at when when we do go through those hard seasons. You know how do we how do we manage those well? And you know are we getting help? Are we dealing with it? I, I think for a lot of couples, the problem is they they allow these these minor issues just to, to get swept under the rug and and they're not dealt with and they they grow into, you know, they fester and grow into these bigger problems versus I just think one of the best things that we can learn to do along our marriage journey is learn to repair conflict. Hmm. Because I I don't believe, I hate the phrase uh, conflict resolution. We all use it, but it's not accurate because most of the conflict that that we will have in our marriage, the researcher, a guy named John Gottman, found about 70% of all of our marriage conflict is perpetual. In other words, Mm -hmm. it's, it's based on personality differences. Like I'm an introvert, Aaron's an extrovert. You know, I mean, so we have conflict, you know, just literally last night, her saying, hey, Thursday, this Thursday and Friday, can we have people over? And I'm like, why? We, I hate people. <laughs> well, how about just one night? No, I really, you know, so I mean, we're going to argue about that stuff. And it's not like tomorrow, in spite of all her prayers, I'm not going to wake up and extrovert, you know, <laughs> you know, or it could be a lifestyle. I'm a early, you know, I get up early in the morning. You know, she 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 gets up, you know, she stays awake, um, mm. you know, late into the evening. She's a night person. I remember one time coming down the stairs, having got up early in the morning, went to bed with my wife in bed. I get up the next morning, get to the bottom of the stairs, and and like rammed into this 
huge table that had been built in our living room. It wasn't there the night before. <laughs> so I'm like, do we have gnomes or what is happening? Like, where did this table come from? Well, we went to bed together and I fell asleep. She got up, called one of her good girlfriends. They came over, she came over and they, they constructed this table. <laughs> You know, well, it, I'm, I'm not going to become a late night person. She's not going to become a morning person. So all the conflict that can come from that kind of stuff, it's, just, it's always going to happen, which is the goal shouldn't be how do we resolve conflict? It really should be how do we repair it? Mm-hmm. In other words, how, how do we have a conversation to where the goal is, Aaron, man, last night, that, that was a tough conversation how are you doing? Like, tell me how, how did that make you feel? Oh, I felt, you know, invalidated or I felt, you know, devalued. Tell me more about that. Like just to care about how Aaron felt in the midst of that conflict, we don't have a, we don't have to solve it, fix it, resolve it. We just need to care. And that's, that's how we repair. But man, no one told me that. So I was always trying to fix things and solve problems and, and yet, I think one of the greatest things I've learned about stewarding our marriage is we 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 just let's repair the stuff as it happens. Yeah, that's great. When you you talked a little bit in your introduction that you know you you and your wife thought that you might not make it, and it sounds like yeah. some of these small things are probably pieces of that. I'm I'm curious if you can kind of talk us through that turning point. Um, as far as like, what was the thing that started to help you see that and come to this idea that, you know, you need to f- repair it along the way and how to talk through those things? Because I'm sure there's a lot of folks that would be listening that are maybe in a similar situation or have been in a similar situation or will go through a season of that in the future. Yeah. You know, a couple things stand out to me. One, we we had our first daughter before our second wedding anniversary. So mm. very quickly we became parents. <laughs> And, and honestly, the, the, a part of our turnaround was just going, listen, you know, this just isn't about me and you anymore. Like, like we have brought a, a, a child into this world. We have a mm-hmm. daughter now. Like, it's time for us to grow up. <laughs> like, we got to figure this out. This is not healthy for us, but this is certainly not healthy for our daughter. So, I mean, on one level, that was that was a good motivation. I think the other thing that I learned is that we – the 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 worse we got at dealing with conflict our our hearts began to to really shut down to each other to where a couple of years into our marriage i mean I, I would say looking back our hearts were hardened to each other mm-hmm. <laughs> and when your heart is hardened you're going to say and do things it, it just it only gets worse like mm-hmm. like that is a wrecking ball a hardened heart is a wrecking ball inside of a marriage mm. And, and it, it was just getting brutal. We, we even started joking, you know, sarcastically about divorce. Like, I don't even know why you stay with me. Or if you're mm-hmm. just that unhappy, you, you ought to leave. And I remember just feeling so convicted at, at one point, just coming home to Aaron and just going, listen, I'm, I, don't, I don't think we should joke about that anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, let's, let's remove the word divorce. You know, let, let's cut that as an option. I love, remember the old, the, the Spanish explorer Cortez, who, who he's credited with when they finally landed wherever all, everybody wanted to go home and go back to Spain. And, and he set the boats on fire. 
mm-hmm. and mm. kind of saying to everybody, listen, uh, your only option is we have to march forward. If we're going to return, we're going to find their boats and then we'll sail home after we find all the gold. And, and I've always thought in a weird way that that's a great, strong statement for a marriage. Like, like, let's burn the ships, whatever individual ships we took to get to this marriage, like, let's burn them. Like, there's no going back. Our, our only option is to go forward. In in inadvertently, what that did for Aaron and I is we kind of said, divorce is off the table. Like, we're, we're not going to joke about it. We're not going to talk about it. It doesn't exist for us as an option. You know, there wasn't physical violence. I mean, there wasn't domestic <laughs> abuse going on. So that's a you know so I wouldn't be saying that same thing to a couple dealing with that sort of issue, but for Aaron and I, we just we weren't handling conflict well, and you know we had other issues, but so we we took divorce off the table, and said therefore we have two choices: either we can remain in misery, or we can get help and like let's yeah. let's figure a way forward, and that's exactly what we did. We we had a. I remember one time a, a woman called over to our little apartment looking for Aaron. So she called. Her name is Carrie. I, I answered the phone and she goes, hey, Greg. Hey, Carrie. She goes, hey, I'm looking for Aaron. And I said, well, Aaron's gone. And, and she took that very differently than I meant it. <laughs> like I meant it that Aaron's gone to the store. She heard that is Aaron finally left me. And, and she Ooh. goes, oh, Greg, she goes, I am so sorry. I was so afraid that was going to happen. And, and mm. I was so confused going, wait, what are you talking about? So after this kind of long pause, she goes, well, first of all, I'm humiliated now. But she goes, if I'm being honest, she goes, Greg, you know, I've been watching you and Aaron. And, and I know that there's stuff going on. You guys aren't doing well. Like, let's just let's call it out. Why don't you come over? Let's have dinner tonight with 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 her husband Gary. Let's just talk. And that was the first time that we were honest with mm. another couple mm. who were older, more experienced, who had been down the same kind of road. And it was the first time a couple said, "Yeah, you guys aren't divorcing. You're not going anywhere. You're getting help. We're gonna walk with you." And, and they became mentors of ours. And we did get into counseling and slowly with their help, the counselor's help, we turned things around. Mm. And, and now it's, it's, it's weird talking about that season now because it doesn't, you know, that was, you know, we're now 31 years into our marriage and that, that just yeah. feels like two other people like yeah. that. It, it's easy to talk about it because it's, it's like that's not who we are now, but that's such an important part of our story, our marriage, our love story mm-hmm. was really struggling having another couple lean in and go, yeah, you guys aren't going anywhere. Let's get help. And we got the help that we needed. Yeah. So in thinking as of counseling and mentoring as like crucial tools on that journey and things yeah. that really help to turn things around. Um, and then obviously you mentioned being married for 31 years and watching your parents' marriage um, and the marriage of other you know couples that you look up to. Um, but on the opposite side of that, when you think about all the years that you've seen of marriage so far, and then as our world has changed, in, in today's world, what would you say are some of the greatest hindrances to people trying to work through the challenges of life with their spouse? Yeah. 
I think um, I think one thing is that sometimes marriage is viewed as almost disposable. If I'm not happy, if things aren't going well, if we've tried, let's just you know, let's cut bait, let's move mm-hmm. on, and let, let's find someone else. Our oldest daughter, Taylor. Um, she was married for three years, and on her third wedding anniversary, she thought she was going out to celebrate. Instead, her then husband said, I'm done. I want out. I don't want to be married anymore, mm-hmm. and and refused to get help, refused to go to counseling. There, there's so many good counselors out there. We, we you know, focus on the family. We have one called Hope Restored. We've seen 11,000 couples 80% of those couples are still together. And that's just one resource. There, there's so much help available. That's not even talking about mentors who'd be willing to to walk alongside if you were honest and, and, and vulnerable and, and willing to share that. But 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 he wasn't willing. And, and, and he, he, we're all going to go through these hard times. And, and I love... I love the confidence that I know that that my wife is going to fight for our marriage. I know that I'm going to fight for our marriage. And again, the qualifier, you know, if if you're being physically abused, I'm not telling you to fight for that marriage. <laughs> I'm saying you need to get to a safe place in in your, you know, I always tell people God sent his son Jesus to die for people, not for marriages. And the well-being of the individuals are are are, are always more important than that marriage. So if, if someone's facing domestic violence, you go get help first and foremost. But for a lot of people who aren't facing that, I just see a lot of quit <laughs> Be- before. I just I don't see couples who are really fighting. And again, my perspective is tainted because of what my daughter went through. But I, you know, I I want to know that that you know, who my daughter marries next is, is going to say, I know we'll go through hard times. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm committed. I'm willing to get help in, in my ex son-in-law. He said all that. He said all the right things. And I believe in his heart, he meant it. Mm-hmm. I, I think the better predictor, like now, like, so I have three daughters. So one's engaged. One is, is married. So my middle daughter's married and my oldest daughter, Taylor now is engaged. But what I've told them don't to, to their future, you know, to their, to my son-in-laws, I've told them, I know you're going to tell me that you're going to fight and that you're committed. So I get that. But I think the evidence of that is someone's willingness to go get help. To me, that's evidence of commitment. Am I willing to humble myself to go? I don't have all the answers. I, 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 I'm willing to go see a counselor, a mentor, a pastor, someone in, in go, man, help, help us get there. Mm-hmm. To me, that's, that's a better sign of commitment because, you know, people are going to tell you, oh, I'm committed all day long, but if they're willing to get help, I think that really is what makes the difference. Yeah, that's good. I'd be curious from kind of the opposite side of things you know if you're somebody that's kind of outside looking in how how do you become that person that you know without like carrie that you talked about without shoving your foot in your mouth how can you how how can you step in to some of those situations um as somebody that's willing to be a mentor or willing to spend some time with people to really check with them on their marriage and kind of see how things are going for real and not get the 
the kind of the fake that people put forward, but to push through that. Yeah. I, I think it's, it all comes down to our willingness to be honest and transparent, authentic and share our story. Like, like mm. I always tell people, I mean, I, I have a whole talk that I give on just learning how to share your love story because I think it's one of the greatest tools in helping other couples is people love to hear our stories. You know, I, I've, I, I just think that's such a powerful thing to be able to, to, to say, you know, here's, here's our story. Here's the, the good. Um, here's the fun. Here's the exciting. Here's the amazing adventure that we've been on. Here's been the, the bad and here's the ugly, but then here's been the turning points. And so I think when we share the good, the bad, and the turning points in what we've learned and how we've grown, I think when we do that, people lean in. The more I'm willing to say, yeah, we struggled three years into our marriage, or hey, just the other day I was driving down the road and with my wife, and some guy cut me off, and so I pulled up next to this person, <laughs> and I didn't do anything you know, inappropriate. All I did was I shot this person a look like, really? Like, come on, that was a jerk move. Come on. Well, my wife starts correcting my driving behavior and she starts telling me, don't do that. You need to do this. And well, I didn't like that. I didn't like her controlling how I was driving. And so I told her, you know, if, 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 you know, cause we start arguing. So I said, if, if, if you don't like how I'm driving, honey, just look out the window. Like you don't even have to look out your side window. Don't even pay attention to me. Well, that's a terrible thing to say. What a yeah. dumb thing to say, right? We all do it. And yeah. we were in big conflict then. And that took us a couple of days to, to repair that one. But I, I feel like the more we're willing to, to share that, we all feel like, yeah, that's us too. We do that too, man. That just the other day that happened. And I think the more we're willing to to give insight, and and just give give pictures of of our marriage, people love that. And and thus, I always we're always getting couples who said, you know, hey, I heard you on the radio say this or this podcast, or you know, could we talk? Because they feel safe and they know I'm not going to judge you because I'm just a fellow journeyer. You know, yeah. we're in it 31 years. And of course, I do this for a living. So hopefully I know a little bit more, but I still blow it all the time. Yeah. Mm. Aaron would be more than happy to share new <laughs> ways that I have messed up. So oh, the story we would have if only she was here. I know <laughs> he messes up too, and that and again, that's yeah. that, that's the beauty of of the adventure. We're gonna screw up. We're human, right? Let's give each other grace. I love to me grace in a marriage means that that I remember. So when 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 I'm frustrated or hurt by by Aaron, my wife, that grace means that that I remember who she's been for 31 years, not for how she's showing up in the moment. Yeah. Right. Because in a moment, man, we're all we all can be ugly and awful. And yeah. And yet I, that's a moment. That's not who she is. I know who she is. And and that can even be a part of how we, you know, manage in repair conflict just to give each other that sort of grace to go. All right. I didn't like what you just did, but that really is that that's not who you are. So mm -hmm. let's deal with the moment and let's repair the moment. But I know who you are. Mm -hmm. So I mean, all that can, I, I think the more we do that and share our story, I think people, 
people then they'll they'll lean in and feel safe enough to go well actually yeah we're dealing with this issue right now can we tell you about it absolutely tell me about it Mm -hmm. that's great um so we've kind of talked about the the role of a mentor and being what it is to be that and how to be that or at least be open to being that um and then the role of somebody who knows that they need help in their marriage or their marriage is kind of on the rocks or uh, just needs that that guidance um, but have you ever spoken with somebody who who is in that position where they know that they need help, they know they're in that rut, um, but their spouse isn't at the same place with them? Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I would say probably more so than not, they're not going to be at the same place. One, mm-hmm. one wants help, the other doesn't. The other's still like, no, we can figure this out. And and, and so that that's always going to happen. And, and that's why I always tell people the worst question you can ever ask is, how do I have a better marriage? It, it's seen mm-hmm. and we all probably do it. Mm-hmm. But the problem is that for, for me to have a great marriage, that takes me and Aaron both contributing, mm-hmm. both growing, both investing, both stewarding, being intentional. I mean, that requires two people doing that. Well, the challenge is that as much as I have tried, I have no control over Aaron, right? right. <laughs> I, and I've given it my best attempt and it just never works. And so the, the better question, so if, if how do I have a better marriage isn't the right question, I think the better question is how do I become a better husband? Hmm. You know, how do hmm. I be a better wife? Because I, I, that's what I can control. Hmm. I can, if, if, if we're at a really hard season, and, and I'm just feeling like, man, I, I want to, yeah, I want to get us to a different place. I can remember that I have a lot of influence in my marriage. I can't control it. can't fix it. It's not up to me to fully heal it, but I can certainly influence. It, it's like, maybe this is a stupid analogy, but it's like Aaron and I playing ping pong together, which we, we do. We like to do that. She's way better than me. So, so if we're playing ping pong, you know, as much as Aaron might want to return the the ping pong ball in the exact same way that she's always done it, all I have to do is put a different spin on the ball. Mm-hmm. She'll take the same swing, same position of her paddle, and that ball is going to come off very differently because I put a different spin on it. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so all that's to say is that that I can do a lot to influence my marriage. Right. That's where the the power exists for me. So the more I think about, okay, how am I showing up? What do I need to do to get my heart back open? How am I am I doing a good job taking care of myself? You know, or am I worn out, exhausted, and my heart shut down? I mean, all that's within my con- control. And so I can do that. And, and I always tell people, realistically, that can work for a long season. Like I can keep working on me and make sure that I'm at a good place, well cared for, I've got community, friends, you know, I'm doing all that to be well cared for and, and I can endure our hard season. Well, there'll probably come a point in time where that doesn't work anymore, but it's not like, oh, you can do it for 24 months. I mean, I don't know. I mean, you can, you just, you, you keep going, doing the best you can and hopefully your spouse starts to go, okay, I see some changes in you. What? Yeah. I'm, I want to get help mm-hmm. or you break open the system and you separate, you know, in, in, in say this, I'm not willing to keep doing this 
year after year after year. Um, and, and you can put a boundary like that and say, I, I'd love to stay married and it would, would love to keep getting help. And I'm willing to do that. So balls in your court, but I'm not willing to keep doing this. Mm. So sometimes the, the marriage system needs a jolt like that. Mm. Yeah, that's great. I'm curious if we can talk a little bit to, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit about conflict as a, a whole. I'm, I'm curious if we could talk specifically about the uniqueness of conflict between spouses. Yeah. Just because I think like, I mean, we experience conflict in a lot of areas of life and, you know, whether it's in your occupation or with friends or, but there's just, there's something different there when you're experiencing that conflict with a spouse. I'm wondering if you could just give us a little bit there. Yeah. Yeah, the way I explain it is um, I, I use an analogy. So pretend you're canoeing or on a paddleboard or a kayak, so what, whatever you like. Pretend you're, you're, so if I'm in a canoe, before Aaron and I were married, we were in our own canoes. So we had mm-hmm. separate canoes. We could paddle up next to each other and have a whole lot of fun. And that's true of life. Like I'm in one canoe and a colleague's in another canoe or a friend or a family member. Yeah. The point is that all these other people are in different canoes than me. So the moment they start spazzing out and, you know, <laughs> smacking water around with their paddle or being dangerous or even trying to tip my canoe, I can push away, paddle away and feel safe. Yeah. Well, marriage is different in that Aaron and I are in the same canoe. And if you've ever been inside of a canoe with another person, Every slight mo- you know, movement, anything they do impacts you. Mm-hmm. You know, the moment if Aaron turns around, I'm like, whoa, hey, whoa, you know, not so fast. So th- that's the difference of conflict mm-hmm. within marriage is that, that anything that Aaron does because we're in the same canoe has such a greater impact on me. And she's the, the person on earth that I most care about her opinion of me, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if if you guys at the end say, man, that was the worst interview. We, <laughs> I can't believe someone recommended you, you know, that that would sting. But, you know, we're not in the same canoe together. Yeah, but but sure. my wife says that man, that was the worst interview you've ever done. That hurts. That that yeah. takes me to a deep place of hurt. And so marriage is unique because we all want to be deeply known. We want to be deeply seen. But that requires vulnerability. If I do open and allow my wife to see all of who I am, will she still love me? Will she still accept me? And, and so all of that creates the, the, the challenges within our conflict because she matters to me, because what she does influences me and impacts me, you know, because, you know, she's the person I'm most known by and most vulnerable with all that just it amps it up to where it, you know, you guys could say the same thing that Aaron would say in, I would be severely (laughs) impacted by what Aaron said versus a colleague or a, you know, acquaintance or a friend. So just because of that, and that's again, the beauty of marriage. That's the one person that I want to be so fully known. I want to be so open to that. She knows it all. Well, that stuff can be used against us in the middle of conflict. (laughs) You know, yeah. so part of it is just recognizing that that vulnerability just will amp up our conflict. 
in in and thus we really have to learn how do we repair these things mm-hmm. as they happen the worst thing we can do on the journey is is to brush that aside you know it's great to give someone grace and it's great to go okay i know she didn't mean it but most people we bury that stuff alive we bury all that hurt alive anger's always yeah. buried alive and it's just going to fester and it will come back up and mm-hmm. it usually comes up in a really brutal way unfortunately yeah that's besides all the flashbacks of like church canoe trips and kayak trips with a lot of wet people you know from growing up i that that makes a ton of sense and it actually makes a lot of things about marriage make sense just even as you're explaining it so that's great yeah so we just it just really comes down to how, how can we learn how to repair those times when we're hurt and frustrated with each other and we absolutely can there's mm-hmm. so much good information out there to help us do that well sure. yeah. one of the things that it brings back for me is i, I used to um, help on junior high canoe trips um <laughs> where it was always one of us youth leaders like in the back of the canoe steering and then like a uh, junior hire in the front and it was always like oh, man, man i'm gonna spend a week with this junior hire in this canoe we got to get to know each other exactly. uh, they've got to learn my signals and stuff because otherwise it turned into I've had bad weeks with that, but um, <laughs> so, I mean, like, right. um, so I guess you know if you're thinking about with your spouse, like there's got to be a lot of um, you know intimacy there. There's got to be like we got to know each other, we got to be vulnerable, mm-hmm. we got to be willing to like if we're you know if the canoe's tipping, we're both falling in. Like let's just like yeah. go in together and do that stuff. But um, if you're talking to individuals who are kind of just at the start of that journey, um, whether like coming out of complacency mm-hmm. or whether they're um, going through mentoring and working on stuff at home, uh, what would you say is a, a great um, intimacy building thing that they can do, talk about, or a question they can ask each other that would kind of help them at the start of their journey? Yeah, I would say w- one of the things I've learned from 31 years of marriage is that a lot of our communication that Aaron and I will have is I would put it in the category of work talk. It, it takes a lot of communication to manage a family, to run a marriage. We've got to constantly be talking about to-do lists, who's picking up this from the store, who's taking yesterday, you know, who's taking Annie to get her sports physical, who's going to pick her up, you know, who's taking her to school, who's, you know, fill in the blank. There's a million of those of those tasks that we have to talk through to run a family every day. The, the problem that I've seen, this happened to me and Aaron as well, is that most of our conversation then becomes this one long, boring business meeting. And as a matter of fact, anytime we're together and can talk, we sort of train each other that it's just, we're just going to, it's what I call work talk. We're just going to do work talk. But what, what happens, so we never have to try to make those conversations happen. They will always happen on their own, just out of necessity. But what, what gets missed over time is what the, the researchers call inner life conversation. So this is the inner life means that I'm exploring Erin's heart, her inner life. How are you feeling? What's stressing you out? What are you dreaming about? What, what do you need from me? What, you know, it's those kinds of things. Hmm. Those conversations will never, ever, 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 ever happen on their own. I don't, it, but it's what we used to do dating, right? Mm-hmm. We used to spend countless hours. Tell me who you are and what's going on. What are you dreaming about? What do you hope to accomplish? And what do you want to be in five years? All that stuff. 
But that's what gets lost over time. And the other truth about marriage is that, you know, our spouse is always changing. As much as we crave the familiar and the routine, my wife is always changing. And so I wrote an article one time called The Four Women I've Been Married to, All Named Aaron. (laughs) Right, with the point being who Aaron was in her 20s, in her 20s, different than in her 30s and 40s and now in her 50s. And that's, again, that's the beauty of the adventure. That's the journey that we're always changing. And and if I don't figure out a way to stay current and to keep updating my knowledge about who my wife is, to stay curious, going one lifetime isn't long enough to get to know my wife because she's always changing. If, if, If I'm not driven by this idea of I've got to stay curious, I've got to keep learning about what's going on, then we just lose sight and we start to drift. And then you hear people say, man, we just launched our kids and we're empty nest and I feel like I'm married to a stranger. Yeah. Horrifies me. That scares me more than anything. Because I don't want to be that person. I don't wake up, I don't want to wake up one day and just roll over and go, man, I don't even know who you are anymore. Mm-hmm. In the way that we functionally do this is the the researchers found that if you spend 10 minutes a day exploring the inner life of your spouse that was the difference between happy and unhappy couples wow and so aaron and i do that like typically how we do that at the end of the day we're finally you know we we have schedules to where we're we're you know she's not she used to be a nurse and so but she's not working night shifts so we usually go to bed together mm-hmm. we'll just lay there and we'll ask each other what was the high of your day and what was the low of your day and then what's one thing that I can pray for you about? And that's literally 10 minutes of just going, well, oh, this thing, this cool thing happened. Or, oh, I had the worst meeting. It was a disaster. And this is what happened. And because then then you can say, whoa, yeah, well, how'd that make you feel? Or tell me more about that. And yeah. it just it keeps us current with each other. We don't lose sight of each other. It's just 10 minutes a day. All you're doing with the higher your day, the low of your day. And then we've just added in what's, you know, hey, tomorrow, what, give me something. What's one thing I can pray for you about? Because inevitably, Aaron will go, oh, well, I would love prayer around this thing. And I'll think, I didn't even know. Wait, what? That I don't know what you were talking about. It, it's, it never fails that, that I learn more about her through the high and the low and the praying one thing I pray for you about. And that's honestly, that's our 10 minutes. But that conversation will never happen on its own. Mm-hmm. It just as much as I would love to say by some osmosis or something that you'll keep current with, it just won't. You, you've got to build that in. Yep. So for some, it's they work out in the morning together and they talk. For some, it's they share a meal or they go on a walk after they come home or whatever. Go out for coffee, do a day date. I don't care. It's just figure out when can you grab 10 minutes and stay mm-hmm. current. Like, remember, this will date me very <laughs> much, so I apologize, but the old rock group Journey, remember Journey? Mm-hmm. Oh, yep. they, have, they have a song called Faithfully. Yep. Well, yep. in there, there's a fantastic line that says that I get the joy of rediscovering you. That should be our battle mm-hmm. cry. Every day, I get the joy of rediscovering my wife today. 
Because I guarantee you something will happen and there'll be some little tiny change that occurs. And if I don't stay up on that stuff, a week, two weeks, a month, a year, I, I, so much will happen that it it's, won't even be the same person that I think that I know. Yeah, that's good. Well, Greg, this has been a, a great conversation. So just to kind of wrap us up with a few final thoughts and questions from there, I'd be curious just to, to hear from you, you know, some of the resources that you would point people to, to kind of further dive into some of these ideas around you know, marriage and conflict and, and some of those things. Yeah. So focus on the family.com. We have so much content mm. so you can type in whatever challenge you're facing. And I promise we have something this biblically based research based that, that will help you if you're going, Hey, I would love to figure out how to invest in another couple. Like I love that thought. Mm -hmm. Um, come to focus marriage champions. So plural champions, focus marriage champions.com in the whole that whole little website's devoted to giving you easy, simple ideas on how to invest in another couple. Mm. Simple That's things great. like praying, just, you know, you and your spouse pray for another couple, pick some couple, start praying for them, babysit for a young couple who have no money <laughs> and just need to get out. We'll go take care of their kids for an evening, you know, all the way to walking with a couple like Gary and Carrie did for us who's struggling and say, we're not going anywhere. We're just going to walk with you. All that stuff is available at focusmarriagechampions.com because what a what a powerful way to keep your own marriage strong is to turn around and invest in another couple. I know Aaron and I do that and we, we feel like we benefit more from you know investing in others. Yeah, that's great. Well, uh, Greg, thank you so much for being here. We're really honored to have you on and um, yeah, hope to be able to read and see more of your stuff in the future here. Yeah, absolutely. We just started a new podcast called Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage. So this is where Aaron and I just want to be honest and real going, hey, we had this fight yesterday. Here's what we <laughs> learned and how we work through it. That's so, great. Crazy Little Thing Called Marriage because that's true. It's Yeah. I love I love marriage. It's the greatest adventure. So thanks, you guys, for, for having me on. Yeah, we'll be listening. Thanks for allowing us to be a part of your stewardship journey. Share your journey with us by connecting with us on Facebook or by emailing us at thestewardshippodcast@gmail.com. at gmail.com. If this is your first time joining us, we'd love for you to check out our previous conversations. Be sure to tune in next week for another Stewardship Conversation.